0: With Catalyst Jones, where your reality might be challenged. So leave your feelings at the fucking door and let's dive down some rabbit holes. And let's dive down some rabbit holes. And let's dive down some rabbit holes. Liberal Advisory
1: Truthful Content. Blizzard Illuminati. A new world order.
0: Excuse me. Has anybody seen White uh, bad. That was a joke about the world being flat, right?
2: Was it? When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order.
1: They found crazy, crayons. So who cares? Care. But, but it could totally
2: hundred percent be true. Because we know the government's lies about every single thing. Please. Welcome, fellow truthers and junk conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your head. Ugh, fuck, dude, I have been out of the saddle so long. Let's give that one another go, shall we? And I am not gonna edit the fuck out of that, but I have not been in the fucking driver's seat for a minute. So let's fucking do that again. Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. Been bringing the heat all fucking summer, and we're not going to stop today. It's been fucking fire as fuck. And like I said on the last episode, the entire fucking world is on fire. And so with that, I'm like, who is one of the hottest fucking voices out there? It's Andrew for America. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Andrew for America. What is that, brother?
0: Yeah. <laughs> been waiting to come on the show for a while we've been uh, uh schedule conflictions but uh we did it man we're here. I'm glad to be here thanks for having me brother man I've been excited
2: for this one. this has been in the works for like so long, and both of us i think have had to reschedule at least twice so It's, it's been in the making, bro. But every time I've talked to you on the tavern, I'm like, dude, that's my people's right there. So, you know, it's, it's only fitting that you come on white rabbit. So that's how I met you for, um, my listeners who may not know who you are. Could you please, uh, let them know what it is that you do and how you aborted the white rabbit?
0: Yeah, man. So Andrew for America, host of the politics and punk rock podcast, um, I do a show where it's part politics and conspiracies and philosophy and government media and all the crazy shit that uh, we're going through here in the 21st century uh, on a global scale. Uh, And then I end the show in the third segment with uh, a featured up and coming punk rock artist. Uh, I myself am a former punk rock uh, guitar player, lyricist uh, songwriter, been playing in bands for 15, 20 years. Uh, And then Got a BA in sociology from San Diego state, did four years in the Navy two Western Pacific deployments. So been all over the world. I've seen a lot of crazy shit. And uh, I put the two knowledge bases of my uh, personal life experiences, I guess you could say together into the brainchild. I called the politics and punk rock. Podcast,
2: bro, I fucking love it. And you know me coming from a music background as well. When I dipped my foot in making music for the first time, I was in high school, and it was for punk rock band. And I was horrible, man. But I was the drummer for uh, Musclehead. Willie was the name of our band, and we did some other side stuff. And we actually had some really co- cool stuff going going for us. Then I dove into hip hop you know, Eminem made it okay for us. So, uh, as a white boy, I was like, fuck it, I'm taking this shit over anyways. So what made you want to start your podcast, bro?
0: Um, lots of things. Uh, I think, um, I kind of grew up a little bit and kind of transitioned out of uh bartending in playing nightclubs and stuff like that. Man, my backdrop is garbage right now. What is happening?
2: It's all good, man. It's like the Nephilim trying to creep through a different fucking like a portal right behind you, and I'm kind of like tripping out
0: on it. I'm like, dude, this is <laughs> crazy, dude. They're coming to get his ass. Oh man, they're coming to get me. Oh well, well, I'll just leave it there. Fuck it. Um But yeah, so I basically started out just um uh putting the idea together was uh, something that happened after I stopped kind of touring and playing in punk rock bands. And I wasn't really writing songs that much anymore. And uh, I wanted to have some type of creative outlet. So uh, I did, I, the podcasting game was getting big. Lots of people were getting into it. Um, I think we all thought that we um, had some information we needed to share with the world at the time. And now it seems like there's so many of us, sharing similar stories and information and research and uh, all that kind of stuff that um, I think it really is making a dent in the mind, the social consciousness. People are getting alternative media uh, sources that aren't the mainstream media anymore. And I love it. I think we need more of it. I think that we might actually be changing some minds now. And I don't know if I thought it was really that possible when I started out, but these days the community has grown so much. It's almost outnumbered mainstream media. I think if you put all the podcast listeners in the world together and put those numbers up against the mainstream media, I bet it outnumbers it multiple fold. Oh man. I bet we lap
2: them so many fucking times. It's not even funny. So as you were telling your story, I I was thinking, okay, so I'm an artist slash a musician or formerly known as and then I, it, I started like going through the index in my head, you know, you got like Sam Tripley, who's a comedian that I consider that a form of art. So I feel like people that really had a, something to say from a very young age, age, even if they didn't know what it was like through their art or whatever, we, we're all trying, we, we've all somehow found this platform of podcasting. And I'm mm-hmm. curious, like through a music background, how did you even find podcasting? Because for me, man, I was, I was at work and I was listening to music all day, every day. And then I would get home and listen to music all day, every day. I would wake up to music and then I just stopped listening to music and switched to podcast. And I'm curious, like, um, one, is there a balance and what even made you start listening to podcasts coming from a music background?
0: Yeah. Um, I think I started out listening to a lot of Joe Rogan, a lot of Dave Smith. um, And then uh, there's a few other podcasts. I guess, I guess I just kind of started listening to a lot and I kind of tried to to see what was out there. And um, when I found a few that I thought was kind of my thing and um, you know, the, the underlying subject matter and maybe some of the belief systems of the hosts um, I thought maybe lined up with maybe some of my beliefs. So uh, I would start listening and, one day I just had the idea. Like I said, I had stopped playing music. I wasn't really writing that much anymore. And I just, I was actually trying to look for another revenue stream. I wanted to like get some type of side hustles off the ground and podcasting came up and I was like, you know, that would be fun and creative. And it kind of turned into like, I kind of lay out my show like I would lay out a song. Like it's like segment one, segment two uh, transitions, you know, segment three. And it's like, verse, chorus, verse, bridge, and it kind of feels in a way like songwriting to me. It's just instead of writing uh, and trying to get my message or whatever I'm talking about in a song form out through the lyrics, now I have, you know, hours of long-form discussion and... and, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I want
2: to jump in right here because as I, I wanted to allude to this as as I was drawing you in for this question, it is the fact that there's only so much that you can get across in a two and a half to three and a half minute song. Um and for sure. oh, yeah. you know, like and, you know, like a lot of people will put their whole albums together and it's like metaphorically spoken through creativity and shit like that, but like even recently like how is it that we're finding out these bands that we thought we knew so much about are just fucking
0: pushover pieces of shit right and so it's funny like that that concept has been coming up i've been getting invited out on a lot of different shows lately so apparently people are listening which feels good uh i've oftentimes said that i just kind of do my show for me and if people like it and listen to it then that's that's better. In fact, I think Fuck I said yeah, that that's to you on the tavern. Right?
2: That is the yeah, only well, way, brother. If you're doing yeah, it was, to please other people, then it's not you then you're not gonna like it. And in return, the people who are listening are not gonna like it. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, then yeah, the same goes with music.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's kind of what happened for me was just I I had the idea. I thought about okay, if I was gonna do it, what would I do? And I started just kicking ideas around. And then I just tried i got a microphone uh i kind of had a concept i was like i'm just gonna hit record and go and see what happens so you know you like like you can probably relate to this your first you know 510 shows you listen back to it a year or so later and you're just like oh i've come so far i'm actually (laughs) scared some of them are just dread yeah some for me some of them are just fucking dreadful man i'm like but um when i when i listen i listen to an episode probably I mean, multiple times editing, you know how it goes before I actually am ready to release it. And so I've I've absorbed it so much before I release it that I kind of already know certain parts verbatim. And um, it, it is a creative therapeutic outlet more than it is like, oh, I want to have a hot show that everybody listens to and I want to get popular. And, you know, yes, I have information I want to get across, but what I'm offering, in my humble opinion, is just my perspective based on a year, you know, I'm in my forties now. So I have a life's worth of experience um both in music and in politics and, and you know, reading at length for years and years and years. It would be arguable
2: um, to say that you have multiple life experiences at this point, because I think that us in our forties have experienced so fucking much that our parents couldn't fathom and our children couldn't fathom.
0: For sure. Because I we went through a crossover transition generation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, me and uh, a friend of mine, Sam Winchester from according to Sam podcast, we talk about uh, how the nineties and the early two thousands was um, and maybe the late eighties too. was like the, the, the top of the American empire. And ever since the turn of the millennium, it's just been a downward spiral. Yeah, like we've man. Hit if I peak, could go now back to the nineties
2: at my age in the nineties, I'm I was thinking about it the other day. I think I might've said this on the tavern. Um, recently. And I was just thinking about like the jobs that my, my stepfather used to hold and the houses that we had and the food that we had and shit like that. And the jobs that I have. And I'm like, dude, I have better fucking jobs than he did. And mm-hmm. yeah. I'm barely making it like sharing a room with three other fucking people that also have full-time jobs that are barely fucking making it.
0: Yep. And that's, that's, I mean, direct result of fiat currency and inflation and, you know, the reducing of the purchasing power of the dollar over time. You know, we've been over that a million times, but.
2: Well, that's a um, perfect segue into uh, one of my uh, favorite questions to ask people as their first time coming on the White Rabbit. Okay, And being that you come from a military background and a music background and your age, I'm really curious what you're going to say. And what was your major oh shit moment? And I used to say your red pill moment, but. I've come to discover that everybody goes through many different red pill stages, but we all have that one just awakening. Oh fucking shit moment. What was that moment for you?
0: Um, boy, that's a good question. I think the first time I felt like I I understood something that maybe not everybody understood. I remember I, I was at a party by San Diego state university. I must've been mid twenties. And uh, yeah, somewhere around there. And I remember just getting in a conversation with all these people and it was kind of a deeper conversation that I'd, I'd ever been in before in like a party social situation. And I found myself agreeing with these people on a level that I was like, holy shit, I'm not alone. There's other people out there that have been that read things and have a discerning, uh, discerning mind and are skeptical about stuff and... Do you remember what the topics
2: were?
0: Um, some, you know, corporations are evil. They're, you know, a group of people is colluding and conspiring. Were you Uh, smoking weed? Probably. That's fucking awesome.
2: Okay. So I'm going to tell you this. My top two answers is nine 11 and COVID. And they're about neck and neck with each other.
0: Uh, That was what I was going to get ready to say was then when nine 11 happened, that's when a lot of stuff came full circle because, um, I read the, uh, Noam Chomsky's book "Hegemony or Survival" pretty much during um, George W. Bush's presidency, and blew me away. Once I started understanding what was going on with the, the war and the foreign policy, and then you start looking back at previous administrations, and you start seeing the common threads and the the same usual suspects showing up behind the scenes. it it it, it it's like it it's like that uh charlie day that famous meme where he's trying to explain everything drawn out on the on the chalkboard in the background connecting the dots you know like that's what you feel like you're doing and you feel crazy but like it's not based on oh my god i'm high and i'm out of my mind it's based on no i've actually read about this and looked into it to a point where i cannot believe what i am fucking witnessing and reading here and that's when i think it hits a lot of people and they go oh shit this isn't conspiracy theory. This isn't like just some story, fictional story made up in a book. Like this is like historical record. Like this shit really happened. That's what I think people start going. Oh fuck. What don't I know? Right. And right. that's, and and now you're hooked now you're a truther. Now you're just researching every day of your life.
2: <laughs> it is, it is. You know what? And I'm not, I, I shouldn't say that I'm disappointed <laughs> with that answer because that was a fan fucking tastic answer. And it's very <laughs> interesting, but on the flip side of the coin, I'm a little disappointed with that answer because you coming from a musical background, I was really hoping that it would be like, well, I was brought into this room one time and there was like a bunch of people in
0: robes. (laughs) No, no, not. I, I mean, I never, I was never approached by the Illuminati or anything like that. No, can't say that that happened. Maybe on Facebook, uh, in a private message by some weird company.
2: Oh, right, right. I remember getting those those messages back in the day. Would you like to join the Illuminati? I'm like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking, like, really? You're going to fucking send me a message on MySpace? Come on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but but well, you know what? I guess this is kind of, here, I'll give you a better answer. So, and it we kind of didn't, I kind of didn't answer the question you asked me about uh, and what I was going to bring up about punk rock and how a lot of them turned out to be poser fucking sellouts as soon as they got fame and some money. So, um I think through punk rock, I mean me getting into punk rock started when I was in the military and I just so happened to be in San Diego which had a great punk rock scene at the time and that's how I started up in bands and playing and touring over the southwestern United States. So Yeah, you guys think, had Strung think, Out back then? Uh, oh yeah. Uh who else was from San Diego? Oh no, I'm, Strung Out's from like uh Orange County I think, Calabasas well, or no, something. Okay. Calabasas uh,
2: I- I'm throwing I think Orange County I'm throwing Southern California into the mix because East Bay punk had its own thing, like that was going on under like uh, Wingnut Records, and that was like AFI and mm-hmm. Screw
0: Thirty Two and and bands like that. Yep. And then in San Diego, I mean, you had Unrent Law, Blink One Eighty Two, Asian Fifty One, um, Sprung Monkey. There's, I mean, God, San Diego had so many bands from with so some Forty One from there as well. No, I think those guys are Canadian, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Okay, that would make sense. They do kind of I look Canadian. Now, what about, uh, what about, um, did you know any Christian punk bands like MXPX? Uh,
0: no, the, uh, I want to say, I don't know if Switch, well, Switchfoot is like a surfer, surfer guys that uh, are a pretty popular rock band. I, I, I want to say that they're Christian. I could be wrong. But no, I'm not familiar with a bunch of Christian bands at all from San Diego off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm just curious, man. I follow Davey
2: havoc on Instagram and he used to be such an inspirational person to me because not only was that the very first punk show that I went to the first mosh pit that I fucking jumped in and experienced. But after the show, I'm like fucking my shirt is drenched. I'm sweaty as fuck. And Mm -hmm. he had, do you remember the skateboard company? Think? Yeah. Vaguely. Yeah. They had two think banners on stage at this place because it was, it was promoted by a skateboarding shop, and that's oh, how. Oh yeah, show you told me the story
0: up. on the tavern. I think yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And so I jump up on stage, and they're like sitting there, like they didn't even have roadies at the time, bro. They're like wrapping up and putting their own equipment away and everything, and I was like, hey what are you guys going to do with the banners? Do they go with you when you tour? And he was like, you need something that says think in your room. And so you can go ahead and take one of those. That's awesome. Yeah. And now he's full really on cool. fucking satanic. I was just looking at one of his uh, pictures. It came up on my feed either yesterday or the day before, and it was just total fucking satanic shit. And I'm just like, wow, man, what I, uh, the
0: fuck. I always was curious about Davey because um, he has a couple songs. I mean, there's a song on Black Sails uh, uh, in the Sunset that's like some type of vampire language, some occult language of some sort. I really feel uh, like that's where he met. Macarum or
2: something like that. I feel like he met somebody during that time. Um, because when I, when I was, when the story that I just told you... They were skater punks, right? They came out Mm -hmm. and their fucking first album, they were wearing like-
0: Misfit fans,
2: They were wearing thrift store fucking suits. And then their second album came out and they were like skater punks. Mm -hmm. But like hardcore skater punks, not like Blink-182 skater punks. They were like, throw
0: me away.
2: You know, like fucking like
0: (laughs) in your face shit you are bleeding we are one
1: well I feel
2: like that was a chant that really that was a transitional uh, I feel like that album right there was a transitional album where he met somebody that brought him into the occult teachings because very
0: possible because very the first possible.
2: two albums was nothing but rebelling against your parents type of fucking music. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, uh, through our bleeding, we are one comes out. Like that's how they open the album and he fucking changes his entire look. Like he looks like Brandon F- Lee from the fucking crow, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. And, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of his stuff on those records, the art of drowning too, were darker, like, um, Oh, what's that? What's that song where he goes? My life is a dark room. One big, dark room. It's like, he's, yeah, he, that's when he, he even started going kind of emo. Well, you it was know like, where he got that like from. That was Beetleju-
2: just a quote from the movie Beetlejuice though. Right.
0: Right, right, right. But I'm just saying like, that's where his vibe, you could tell it was, it,
2: it was, was definitely it was changing. changing.
0: I think there was people
2: that yeah. were, that came into his life that were like, Hey, this guy has the ability to be a star because I don't know if you seen oh, him yeah. on warp tour, man, during those years when they were really fucking blowing up, Mm-hmm. their presence at Warp Tour I was that was the only time I've ever been scared at a concert because I was up against the chain link fence mm-hmm. and motherfuckers put so much pressure against us that one I couldn't yeah. breathe and two they finally knocked that motherfucking fence down and as soon as they oh, shit. And as soon as they did I jumped on stage and then immediately jumped as far as I could into the crowd like to stage oh, dive
0: nice. the fuck yeah. out of there <laughs> No, that's crazy, dude. So, um when I, they were two-
2: Well, I just oh, yeah, wanted ahead. to say, like, and I'm thinking like during that time, man, he there was definitely eyes on him. And so, you know, through whether it's I cause there's things going around that he's a homo, but um, you know, I'm not I'm not putting it aside that they didn't put a female into his life to bring him into occult teachings and shit.
0: Very possible. I mean, especially when you know, who knows what kind of agreements are made when bands go from, from, you know, uh, relatively popular touring artists to now you're in the big time. Now, you know, you had, you had a conversation and probably, you know, someone has some illicit pictures of you somewhere just in case, (laughs) right? you know, I mean, that's, that's probably how it goes. I mean, how many times have we talked about, you know, with the hip hop, got artists that got called into the room and they were like, Hey, you no, know, we have this agenda we're going to push. You know that's we'll actually finally
2: money. starting to come to the surface as like something that's almost common knowledge now. I'm hearing oh, this. Yeah. I'm hearing this talked about a lot recently, and they're talking about the uh, the prison agenda, and and a lot of artists are saying, "Oh yeah, we get paid more." to talk about this. So like, why the is. fuck wouldn't we talk about this? You know what I mean? But all the money, man, th- th- yep. that's just how it it's, it it's, that's where we're at now. But what you're talking about is an actual fucking meeting that took place with CIA mm-hmm. spooks mm-hmm. and fucking top executive record producers and the biggest influencers in hip hop and in hip hop during the late nineties and at the, the, time, er- or yep. the early nineties and the late eighties. Mm hmm. So you got NWA a part of that, which I find it ironic that Ice Cube is speaking out. And I was gonna ask him about that fucking meeting <laughs> when he agreed to come on the White Rabbit, but you know, fuck fuck Catalyst.
0: Yeah, I know. We're We've just been, gonna we, ghost this we,
2: motherfucker. He his he's gonna ask us the wrong questions. Let's do Joe Rogan and people like that.
0: And Tucker Carlson. You know what's crazy about that too? Is like I, I actually talked about that in on one one of my episodes where I was like I, did, I was talking about you, but I didn't mention your name. I was like, Hey, you know, this happened with uh, ice cube. And I, I was like, do you guys believe him? I'm like, you, th- you think he's going to come out here and scare all of us and tell us that the big club is watching all of us and we should shut the fuck up. Or is he really going to come out here and talk to we podcasters and the truth or conspiratorial community on our level from a knowledge base that we all have so that it's an intelligent conversation when we all are kind of are aware of similar facts. I didn't want to, make a judgment call until I saw what shows he was going to do and what kind of stuff he was going to talk about. So very interesting how he pick and cho- you know, picked and chose where he was going to go. You know, and Andrew, he kind of snubbed the shit out of you. So that's yeah, he up. did.
2: But Andrew, I think what happened was he saw that blue, blue check Mark and he, w- and he just assumed that I had like a legit show that was like probably part of whatever it was that he was trying to do. Really? Think I, that? I really think that, man, because when I first got that blue check mark before they were giving it out to like everybody, like when I first got that, I've been messaging people for so fucking long to come on the show and they wouldn't even like know that I wrote them. And once that blue check mark hit, I'm like, oh, my God, they read my message. Not only are they reading my messages, but they're fucking responding to me. This is fucking awesome. Like, I just went, (laughs) Yeah, I was just telling Joe and Jen from Legit Baptist the other night because I I was uh, blessed enough to go hang out with them for the weekend. And I was like, dude, fucking Jimmy Levy hit me up and. Uh, they were like, who's that? And I was like, I'm so disappointed in you. And I played them a couple, <laughs> their songs with high, his songs with high res. And they were like, oh shit. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, so I, I might be working on a documentary. Well, I, and I have been working on a documentary and hopefully he's going to help in any way that he can with that.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, man. So you never
2: know That's who's awesome. listening and where this shit's going to go.
0: That's for sure, man. Like I, I mean, I mean, I was just kind of moping around doing my show. Like it was just kind of a side project, fun, little creative outlet for me. I started actually, since I started the podcast, I started writing and playing music again. And uh, now that I'm more familiar with the recording equipment and stuff that I have, I'm going to try to build a little home studio and maybe just get like a drum machine with MIDI tracks and start recording. But nice. um, But in the meantime, that's when I got into the show. And then, all of a sudden I just, it organically started growing, man. The social media posts and stuff, uh, the marketing started going and all of a sudden everyone's hitting me up like, Hey, do you want to come on the show? And it's like, it, it's humbling. But at the same time, it's, I, I I'm shocked at how just being an honest voice that was courageous enough to, you know, put their voice out there. Like Matt from great deception always says, you know, you just got to put your voice out there, throw, throw your ideas against the wall and see what sticks. And, And the connection that we all have, you know, on this blessing and a curse of a technology we call the internet and AI is coming obviously, but like the fact that we can talk to people all over the world and you know, I got Larry Sharp on my show just from going on Welsh Republic podcast. And the guy's like, Oh, Hey, I'll hit up Larry. He was on my show. Uh, I'll let him know that he wants to do yours. And I'm like, Holy shit. I got Larry fucking sharp on my show just from guesting on someone else's show. So like, It's an amazing time. It's, 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 you know, it's the great frontier out there podcasting right now. And And, I remember Larry saying on that episode, he was like, the reason why I'm doing all these podcasts is because he agreed with all of us that this is the the future of media, finding a voice that you trust. And that's where you're going to go to get your information. And I love that idea.
2: Yeah. Love it. And and you know, the people that I keep going back to are the ones that are able to admit that they were wrong when they were wrong. And I want to give a big shout out to Matt from The Great Deception because he is a voice in this community. And if you are a podcaster and you are in like one of our circles that circles with Matt then you know just what like what a down to earth great guy that he is not only is he a baseball coach for his son but I think that some of the shit that he says during his shows is a, is like human lifeing coach for all of us adults even us for podcasters sure. you know like hands down guy has the one of the greatest shows out there so go give Matt a follow if you're not already following him and uh, go give Andrew a follow if you're not already following him I'm going to give him a chance to plug his shit but you guys already know if you're listening to this and you like him you can already just scroll down right now and click that link go start listening to his shit come back and listen to the rest of this shit when you're done and be sure to give him a follow and a five star because this is a true motherfucker right here and I wouldn't be talking to him if he wasn't
0: (laughs) I appreciate that man yeah I've been uh, you know it's it's it feels good it's very humbling to be invited out on so many shows as of late and I always say this on the show and I'm going to keep this train going down the track as, as long as I can, I'll probably do it, uh, forever, regardless of any accolade accolades or popularity. So it it is, it's just become my adult creative therapeutic outlet. And, um, I think, uh, yeah, I I think that, uh, again, I've said this a million times. I do it for me more than I do it for any of you. So, and that's no offense. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, but, well, speaking think, of doing uh, it for me, yeah. the reason I do this show
2: is because I love digging down rabbit holes. And so oh, me too, my one friend. of the questions that I did want to ask you is what is your favorite music based conspiracy?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Music based conspiracy.
2: Shall I tell you mine and then you can tell me yours or, sure, or, yeah. or is that going to, or is that going to influence what you might say?
0: Well, I, I, I was going to say, I think, my favorite one. So uh, I read the book Helter Skelter about uh, Charlie Manson. Ooh, yes! Uh, and it was uh, Vincent Bugliosi, the lawyer in the case, uh, apparently wrote the book. And I remember thinking to myself that this was such a crazy story. And I thought that it was a CIA influence. I thought that Charlie Manson was probably uh, a guy that was probably an asset that they probably did something to, to get, you know, kick off all these murders. And I 100%
2: believe that he was, he was uh, definitely groomed by the CIA, Mm -hmm. by the CIA. um, But I'm not sure if he was a patsy or if he was a Manchurian candidate that actually believed the things that he was saying and doing.
0: It's good. That's a good question. And what, what, where I think, it already sounded crazy to me when I thought about, he always said that the CIA wants a a race war between whites and blacks. Right. And then you fast forward 20, 30 years in the future, whatever it was approximately. And we kind of have the, you know, the dawn of wokeism and this revisiting to uh, racial issues and cultural differences and like the divide and conquer agenda that we all talk about. So, uh, that, that fascinated me to think back. Like I actually made this joke once upon a time. I'm like, holy shit, who, who would have thunk that crazy Charlie Manson was right about a lot of the crazy shit he was saying back in the sixties. Right. But then it goes deeper. Cause then now there's all these conspiracy theories that Vincent Bugliosi, the lawyer that wrote this book was also involved in the CIA and that he formed the story about the Charlie Manson, murders and situation that he put into this book. So
2: that he it, already it, it, had in play because I feel, right. okay, you want to know what I think about this It is. here's what I think is I feel like they were going to originally use Charlie Manson as a mature man, candidate. And they, mm-hmm. they really wanted to gro- and groom him at the same time. Like not, not either or like, and, and you know what I mean? Like, right. Right. And so, Because he was in and out of prison a few times. It's not like his record was squeaky clean. But not only that, he was a very gifted musician that Mm -hmm. a lot of musicians that made music that all of us look up to right now looked up to him as a gifted musician and right. he was a part of this whole laurel canyon group and there is a huge conspiracy be behind laurel canyon oh, yeah. and and even the role to that they play good. in yep. movies and snuff films and things that's going on to this very day and yep. and the cia spooks that have their hand in this what i feel is Charles Manson backfired on them and he actually had his own awakening. And through that awakening, they were like, we have to martyr this motherfucker.
0: Right? It looks now. like that. It, I, I agree with that. Cause you could tell when, when he got interviewed in prison years later, I mean the, the matter of factness with which he delivered his points at crazy as they may sound to the average person, he was very, very convincing and matter of fact, like he, like to the point where I find it very difficult to believe that he didn't really honestly believe some of the stuff he was saying. And maybe he was, he wasn't lying. Maybe he was, you know, whatever, tortured into mind control or whatever. Cause think about, think about Waco and, and David Koresh and the branch Davidians. There's oh, all these, shit. I need to check my emails
2: because fuck dude, uh, anyways a survivor from that exact event who they who uh, McCleyley Cokin's little brother played the role of in a movie the actual person just agreed to come on my show so I
0: oh dude that's that I would love to get hear that because my, my where I was going with that is isn't it interesting how throughout history there's these I mean think about Heaven's Gate down in San Diego these religious cult leaders that take these people and brainwash them away from society to think that they're the chosen people. And the only way to, to, you know, achieve God is through the words of this person that's so charismatic and, you know, is telling you that they're, you know, Jesus Christ resurrected or whatever, whatever it is. It happens time and time again throughout history. And it makes a discerning person and someone who's been lived some years in this world, me being 40 years old, now, I've seen a lot of these stories over the years, it makes you wonder, is there a common variable that nobody talks about? Like the intelligence community behind the scenes. I mean, you think back to the church committee and the JFK assassination, like there's too much involvement by deep state, CIA, whatever you want to call it, intelligence community, um, you know, the spooks. I the really NSA, feel like CIA. Too much involvement to not be something there.
2: No, I definitely agree with you 100%, but I feel like the CIA is minions compared to the people that actually do pull the strings. Oh, for sure. And and the CIA is more or less, um, it's like an audition stage for who they're going to bring in uh to the the
0: new knight's Templar. Right,
2: right. (laughs) Doing the dirty work. That's how I feel it is. But like to jump back into Charles Manson and shit, you know, like I listened to a lot of those interviews that he did when he was in prison and shit and some of the things that he said, I'm like I shouldn't be resonating with things that Charles Manson fucking said. And that's what made me dig into Charles Manson because he was saying so many things that I fucking agreed with. And I was like, this is scary. This is scary. scary. Why am I agreeing with him? Right. And they were like, and one of the interviews was like, if they were to give you, if they were to post bail or fucking just let you out by a miracle right now, what would you do? And he would say, Um, I would go plant almond trees and I was like, what dude, this this guy, like, and, and I was like during an awakening where I was just like getting really in touch with like earth and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, dude, I I really feel like this guy just hit an awakening. And he was like, Oh wait, these motherfuckers are using me and I'm just going to do my own thing and be artistic. And then they were like, Oh, the fuck you are.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, they're probably supplying him with free LSD because that was during the time where they flooded the streets in San Francisco. In the hippie movement with LSD, so oh, absolutely, I think that he, they were. I he mean, was that's keeping a, that's everybody actually, high, out of their fucking mind. He, yeah, and they that's they were not even a conspiracy. That's land. not even
2: a conspiracy theory. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's real actually shit. real shit, documented, and he mm-hmm. is actually one of the victims of the experiments that they were doing with mm-hmm. that entire fucking thing with the CIA and the LSD experiments that came out of. Um, the Hayton Ashbury district in San Francisco and shit.
0: Yep. And that apparently all that stuff was, you know, military contracted, uh, testing that they were doing, you know, uh, you know, allegedly the story goes that these, all these, uh, psychotropic, whatever hallucinogenic drugs all came out of this, this project where they were trying to come up with ways to control soldiers and like chemical warfare, biological warfare, yada, yada. So, Interesting how that backfired. Like in the pro- in the process of trying to find a substance that could like fuck up or corrupt someone or shut them down, it actually expanded their mind and connected all their brain neurons into one <laughs> thing, right. where they could attain enlightenment.
2: <laughs> well, it, it did to a point, and it didn't to a, a point because I would say that during the '60s, that whole CIA operative, and I would I would go as far to say that uh, Woodstock was not a grassroots movement that just sprung up out of nowhere. Mm, I I, you know, like, because if we look at the, uh, like how, uh, not Corey Hughes, but, uh, Charlie, um, who I just had on the show, uh, Charlie Charlie Robinson, Charlie Robinson. Yeah. Uh, how Charlie Robinson, his book, it says like the controlled demolition of America. Right. And just in the title right there, you look at like these certain aspects of American history that were part of the controlled demolition. Mm -hmm. And I would say that the sixties hippie movement was a very pivotal, uh, a part of that controlled demolition. Would you, especially the music that came out of it. And, and, and that was like, Hey, we can control the masses through music now.
0: Yep. I think that was the beginning of their involvement in, in music. And then slowly it it got into media with the consolidation of the big five and then um, telecommunications act in 1996 uh, that Clinton signed into law. That was when the media was completely infiltrated by CIA and, um, and then JFK, man, JFK was, that that was that was the message that that they were sending to the world. The Dullest brothers, every, the church committee, where they admitted what the CIA was doing. They're feeding stories to the news. Um, uh, Avril Harriman, from uh, um, I, I want to say he's a skull and bonesman. I could be wrong. He's definitely in one of those secret societies. He you was know what's crazy ma- It is so mastermind. many people.
2: And I hate to interrupt you, man, but that's just what I do. I'm bad at it, but it's all good. Uh, <laughs> So, like, you you look at these Skull and Bone, Bones members and the average person, the average normie, will look at these politicians and if I was to say, oh, they're a Skull and, B- Skull and Bones member, they're a part of a secret society, they're like doesn't matter. Like the president of the United States fucking, they're not going to steer us the wrong way. But what these pe- pe- people don't realize is <laughs> they take a motherfucking oath. And during that oath to their secret society, it says that any oath you take after this, this oath proceeds that oath. And mm-hmm. so you are to help your brethren at first, and the agenda of your organization. And so, mm-hmm. and, and the best example that we have of this is John Kerry, or yeah, John Kerry versus fucking Bush in a fucking presidential election. We had a Democrat versus oh, or he a he had Republican. a one and then he
0: conceded, yep. We had
2: a Democrat versus a Republican who were both fucking Skull and bone, Bones members that went to uh, Yale University in the same exact secret society. So it didn't really mm-hmm. matter who Uh, took office. It was, it was who is going to help the agenda more. And if, since we are creeping on September 11th, I would like to transition this into a little bit of September 11th stuff. Sure. And so uh, that was pivotal for September 11th happening because we have people behind the scenes that are not aware of the type of people and the top five or six people that were integral, like the, they were absolutely, uh, they were absolutely there for a reason and it wouldn't have worked if they weren't there and in the positions mm-hmm. that they were in. And Dick Cheney actually had more fucking control over the United States during, during Bush's term than Bush did.
0: So, yeah, I would uh, make the argument that Cheney and Karl Rove, and um, who's the other guy? There's another guy in there that I think the three of them together, um, Rumsfeld, Rumsfeld. Were, were, were running. They were running a majority of what was going
2: on. Right. Yep. And this was also fed to them through uh, Henry Kissinger Mm-hmm. And if we look back on, that's the next
0: level above. Yep. You're talking about levels above the CIA. That's the next level above.
2: Yes. <laughs> right. So we do Klaus have these, we have Soros. these organizations that are, and you know, I, I wish I had a written them down, but I was just listening to Charlie Robinson's latest episode. So if you guys go listen to that also the David Ike one. Uh No, uh Charlie Robinson just put out an episode where it was a solo episode where he is breaking down uh, 9-11 and who are the top five players in who were instrumental in making this happen and their positions and why their positions were so important. And I heard that today and it floored me because I was like, I knew all this, but like seeing all seeing somebody else like put, put all the together. pieces together. I was Charlie's like, so
0: good at that. Holy He's, shit. I bro. love his show.
2: Yeah, dude, it was incredible.
0: I want him on my show. You got to have him yeah, You got to tell him to come on my show. I, I would love to talk to him.
2: Uh, yeah, Great I, podcast. Will, I will do it. I'll do what I Great can. Podcast. I can't speak for other people, but I, I, I will do what I can.
0: It's all good. Yeah. All
2: um, good. And then love, uh, love his show though. My, my boys at red, red pill cartel podcast, Uh very, con- Uh, Christian based conspiracy podcast also put out a three and a half hour episode today or yesterday about nine 11. And I'm like, do I even really need to listen to their episode? Because like Charlie Robinson broke it down so much, but then I started listening to it. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, I haven't finished it yet. I probably got like another hour to go because it is a three and a half hour episode. Oh boy. But they touch on things that Charlie doesn't touch on that are more fun for all of us conspiracy theories, uh, theorists, all of us conspiracy junkies here at White Rabbit. And that's, yeah, go ahead. So I I just suggest listening to like Charlie for the straight facts and of everything. Not saying that the Red Pill cartel did not give you facts because they absolutely do with receipts, but they hit on some more of the funner aspects of conspiracy.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I love that story because that reminds me of something that we always talk about this whole argument that a lot of us conspiratorial truth or podcasters are talking about the same stuff and it's becoming a bit of an echo chamber but it's not because of just because of what you just said you're getting a different look a different take a different perspective on similar events and if all all it's doing is broadening your base of knowledge in order to piece things together and try to find an understanding of what really went on so I don't think that it's a bad thing that multiple podcasters are talking about similar talk- topics. I think it's a good thing because it's been suppressed and not talked about publicly through mainstream media sources for so long that people need the repetition. They need, they need to hear the same stories over and over and over again before it starts to stick. And I think that's what's happening. People that are interested in, in podcasts like ours are starting to put it together based on listening to all of us talk about similar things over time, and it's been what th- a lot of us didn't start more than three four years ago, and already the community is exploding. Like everyone's listenership is growing, so there's a need for it. There's a market. Uh, <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for?
2: Whoa, demand you know, market when, demand for it. When I talk to uh Sam, we're Tripl- doing
0: the Lord's work.
2: When I talk to uh Sam Tripley and i was on his show one time and i was like you know when i first learned about you i i was like pissed because i already had it in my head that i'm starting a podcast because joe rogan did not go hard enough in the paint and i was like this mm. motherfucker will only skim the surface of things that i know so much information about and it oh, was yeah. pissing me off i'm like is this guy gatekeeping and I think- Yep. And so when I was on Tripley show, I was, I told him that I was like, fucking, I felt like Robin Rogan was gatekeeping and somebody needed to come out there and dive deep into this shit. And mm-hmm. then I went into, um, I worked with this guy and he was like, I told him I was going to start a podcast and he was like, well, have you heard of tinfoil hat? And I was like, no. And then I listened to it. And I was like, fuck, and this motherfucker is a com- comedian? Like, how am I going to com- uh, compete with a fucking comedian? And yeah. I told Sam Tripley that. And he was like, you absolutely fucking can, bro. There's room for all of us. And that's yeah. what I want everybody out there to know. That, like, even if you're, like, on the fence about it, I'm not going to say that it's easy because everybody that's been in the game for a minute, I don't care who they are and how big they are, they've thought about quitting at one point or another. But you gain so much fucking out of this and doing it. And if you don't try it, how are you ever going to know? So like fucking just do it.
0: Yep. I agree. It's, um, it, you know, it, even like you said, it, you have to do it for you first. And I, I, that's one of my catchphrases. I always say, on my show, I always say it's got to start inside first. You have to decide that you want to do it. And then you're just going to go and and do it. And, um, It'll be interesting to see how much more censorship uh, occurs. I mean, remember when everyone was talking about the restrict act and it seems like the status quo around the world, they're, they're tightening up on things. It's an election year. It's going to be very interesting to see when the keywords that signal you and kick you out of the algorithm. Um, I talked about this on the AM wake up show the other day about Matt Taibbi saying that, you know, they're flagging, keywords on all internet, social media, everything. And, um, certain words will kick you out of the algorithm basically. And you'll be basically shadow banned in some way. So, uh, I I don't know how much more time a lot of us have, but that's even more of a reason for people on the fence to get in the game and get your voice out there and help spread knowledge and awareness to people before it's too late, man, (laughs) because it ain't looking good.
2: No, it ain't. But with that being said, I don't think that we're out of the fight yet. What do you think?
0: Oh, not at all. The fight's only just begun. So. It's only just begun. You know, with your name,
2: Andrew for America, you're wearing your American glasses. And because you were coming on, I decided to wear red, white, and blue today. Although I'm wearing <laughs> my own. You can get this at <laughs> whiterabbitpodcast.com if you see my NASA Lies shirt. And uh, anyways, I'm wearing red, white, and blue, but. Uh, more and more I am, I am realizing that there's psyops that are counteracting psyops and a lot of us truthers, the stuff that we put out and I've been guilty of this for years, uh, is also a psyop and, I'm just curious how you feel like going into this election cycle. You're saying like podcasters like, man, if you want to start a podcast now is the fucking time, because as soon as this 2024 election starts heating up they are going to throw so many fucking false flag psyops on top of psyops on top of psyops. It is going to be a conspiracy theories, fucking like a wet dream, bro. It is going to be, it's going to be fucking Dave and Buster's compared to fucking Chuck E. Cheese.
0: Uh, This reminds me of uh, one of my favorite standups. Lewis black has uh, in the beginning of one of his specials, he's like, you know, being a comedian is hard. And these days it's even more difficult. He's like, a couple things will happen, and then I'll start thinking about how to make those funny. And then 15 other fucking things started happening. He's like, how do you keep up with this shit? (laughs) And that's how I feel these days. I'm like, sometimes when I'm trying to get an idea for a show, I have so many clips and ideas and jotted down things and sound bites that I've ripped. And I, I have like this collection of them. I'm like, I don't know where there's so much. To make a show out of, I don't know where to start. Sometimes, so that's even more of a reason for anybody to get involved because there's no shortage of content. <laughs> there's no shortage of stuff that the big club is trying to roll out that doesn't need to be talked about. No, it for is, sure, it, it is a constant uh, stream these days. So I want to get your, I want to get your opinion on this, man,
2: because as my listeners know, uh, some of them are still aboard when I was a cutard. And I used to be fully on board with Q and I've gone back and forth with Trump quite a bit. Whitney Webb put out her shit on black pill radio. And I listened to that and I was so mad at her for bursting my bubble that I like fucking, (laughs) I was sending her messages. I was calling her out. I'm like, fuck that shit, dude. Come on my show. Debate me. Like I, I know for a fact Trump is fighting for us. Right. And then, she didn't come on my show, and then she she ended up making a, a slight appearance again on my friend Deplorable Janet show. Oh, no, that wasn't Whitney Webb. I'm sorry. That was Amy Says What the Fuck. But Whitney, anyways, I wanted to fucking, wait, am I getting my, my journalist mixed up here? Anyways, one of these, it, it, it might have been Amy Says What the Fuck. It was Amy Says What the Fuck. I'm sorry disregard that it was not Whitney Webb. Whitney Webb has yet to put out anything that I've been like, fuck that shit. Whitney Webb is always put out fucking 100%. She's batting great recovery. She's batting 1000%. I fucked that up. It was Amy says, <laughs> what the fuck? And honestly, Amy says, what the fuck is most likely batting 1000% too. But she said something that I did not want to fucking hear because I was on the Trump train at the time. And I was also fucking fully q tarded. I still can see fucking Q hats sitting in the corner of my studio right now. <laughs> so my question for you, well, okay. And here's where I am. Cause I need to lead into this a little bit more. I've always been like, yo, it's fucking, it's all fucked. We're fucked. We've all been fed a lie. And now all this shit is happening. And I'm looking at Q posts that were happening and the Deltas. And I'm like, holy shit. Now more and more things are coming true from the original Q posts. And I'm like, Oh fuck. So now I'm like starting to climb the fence to get back on whether I'm going to teeter left or right on this motherfucker. Like, Do I want Trump to fucking become president again? Does it make a fucking difference? And then my boys fucking Sean Chris and Joel Thomas got to come out with their fucking hard hitting truth fucking Trump episode that they just dropped last week. And if you guys haven't gone, listen to that. I highly suggest that you do. Now I'm like, fuck Trump. Fuck. We're all fucked.
0: Very interesting. I have to listen to that because I also did uh, an episode a while back about Trump where um, I used some of Colorado Dank's research, uh, Instagram, Colorado Dank. Go check out his page. He's got some great research on there. And I went down a rabbit hole about Norman Vincent Peale, 33rd degree Freemason, author of the book, The Power of Positive Thinking, big fan, uh, Oprah. Oprah's a big fan. And uh, turns out he's been the pastor of a church in New York City for years and years and years. Trump's whole family has gone to this Trump uh, to this church. Norman Vincent Peale married Trump, uh, and Norman Vincent Peale has been quoted as say, saying that Trump was his greatest student ever. So I don't know. To so all the people that are pro Trump, like- I I think Trump
2: is just. Could he be the greatest actor of them all? And they're I all think he, playing along with it because here's where I was getting at at the beginning of this Albert episode. Pike, dude, they, where, they, oh, dude, the, Albert the, Pike has written it down. If the people
0: want heroes and villains, we will provide them with heroes and villains. Right. And so check this out,
2: bro. So what if both of them are just on in it, in, in on it, and fucking, he's just playing the greatest acting role ever I played. Think, I ever think that is one of played. the
0: most feasible, logical arguments, working arguments, working theories They're like, uh, that I think I'm, I think I think I'm on that tip. Let's take, I th- all I the, think,
2: let's take all the people that would actually stand up against us and do something. Mm-hmm. And then we'll just keep fucking with them little by little by little mm-hmm. by doing this. We can also get the liberals and all these people that believe us and they want to be anti-establishment, but they think they're anti-establishment, but they're in a different way or whatever. We can completely separate these groups. Not only Mm -hmm. do we do that, but we get the boomers, right, and we can separate them. Politically, by using fear. So let's throw in a virus in the middle of this, right? And then you have Trump who had three years to be like, I'm the greatest president ever. I'm pointing out all the fucking shit that you guys have all seen. At least the people that are halfway awake have all seen this shit and I'm fucking pointing it out. So now he completely fucking divides the country and then you got, it's fucked, dude. It's fucked. I think we're being played.
0: I think we're all being fucked game played yep i think i think uh it, it's it's there's a big drawing board in a room under some bright light somewhere and a select group of people all walk to the drawing board and they literally play a real life game of risk or chess or axes and allies or whatever i mean think about all this that you said psyop after sap like in all of its binary and it's intended to be that way so that the average person is divided from other people so COVID happens right are, right. you, are you pro-vax, anti-vax, pro-mask, anti-mask, pro-ivermectin and hydrochloroquine or anti? Oh, no, no, don't do that. Those methods are wrong. It's like they give you these dichotomies of yes, no, for, against, pro, con. And now all these people are fighting over these little, are you for or against? Very easily control people that way. And that's right. what the divide and conquer agenda and what PSYOPs are. It's exactly the point.
2: Right. And then I go back to Joe Rogan, right? Because what happened when Joe Rogan took ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, and anaclonical antibodies, he's yep. claiming it as this was his big awakening that they're all out here to fuck us. When all of us were like, yo, we've been telling you that already and you're coming off as this big fucking intellectual that even us fucking conspiracy theorists used to look up to you and be like, yo, he's asking the questions that I I used to wish I could ask and he's talking to the people I wish I could talk to. And then COVID hits, and he is talking to these people. And if he's not, he had the opportunity to. He just decided not to. But then when he brings on people like fucking uh, Doctor Robert Malone or uh, Peter uh, McCullough, Peter McCullough, and shit like mm-hmm. that, like yeah, it was eye opening to normies to a point. But he didn't ask the fucking questions that I would have been asking them. You know what I mean? Like he's gatekeeping still like he's still he's letting these people wake up enough to not ask the right questions to not see that both sides are fucking playing you that Mm -hmm. both narratives that we are getting, whether it's the truther narrative or the conservative narrative, the lefty narrative, all of them have been manufactured specifically for you.
0: Yep, and I would I would interject right there and, and just throw in that one of two things are happening. Either you are too stupid to see what's going on or you are, it, it, oh, let, me, let me rephrase that. If you're choosing a side, if you're all left or all right, if you're all, when I just had this conversation with somebody the other day where it was a very kind of respectful Uh, intellectual conversation. People were making good points, but I could tell that all of the points that this person was trying to make were left-wing mainstream media line item verbatim talking points. And I'm just like, if you're the type of person that takes a side, given what we know in 2023, going into 2024 soon, then either you are devoted to a team and you're already under control or you are too stupid to know what's going on. The only people that know what's going on know that taking a side is the stupidest thing you could do because then they got you. That's the goal. The goal is to make you take a side, pick a team, fight the other team, pay no attention to us while we go to the bank with all of your fucking money, in the words of George Carlin. Fuck.
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, you said that you put out Upcoming artists or at least artists that I hope you find potential in that maybe are completely unheard of. Is there any punk rock artists that are, uh, that are worthy of listening to right now that might be speaking on some of the topics that we talk about in our podcasts?
0: Real quick before I answer that question. Great subject change. Get me off my soapbox. I need that. Sometimes I appreciate that brother.
2: (laughs) No, it's all good. I just saw, I, I didn't want this because I was doing the same thing, bro. It's like we were both doing the same thing. It's fine.
0: Yeah, it's fine. So we're ranty. Um, oh, turns out we both have podcasts. Weird, right? Right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there are some bands that I have been playing recently. And, and uh, if you don't, if, for those of you that don't know, I haven't heard my show. Uh, I try to make it a point to theme up the lyrics of the song I feature uh, each episode with kind of the subject matter or with kind of my constant themes that I always talk about on the show. So there are a few bands um, I would say adrenalized out of uh, Europe and straight line out of Europe two very fast, technical kind of thrashy punk rock bands, great lyrics um, much the same, a band out of Chicago, great lyrics bridge the gap is a band that's up and coming that I've played recently that, um, one of their favorite lines is um, "shoot me to the firmament." So you know they're talking about flat Earth and their oh, songs. Nice. Like, love it. So yeah, so there are bands out there that aren't the stereotypical, um, you know, woke version of whatever happened to punk rock uh, over those the years. There, I think Do there's you a think new that resurgence.
2: These are like legitimate grassroots bands that are uh, just out of their garage people like you and me that have their own opinions that are making these musics, or do you think that there is a culture being cultivated purposely? So like another CIA type of uh movement, because I feel like truthers are being targeted right now.
0: That's possible. Um I, there are up and coming bands that I've played that you can tell aren't as polished yet and probably aren't touring yet. They're just, you know, they recorded their first, or, you know, record or two, and they're just looking for some exposure, uh, that do have great music and great lyrics. Um, do I think that they're trying to target a new resurgence of of punk rock in order to co-opt it? Catch a certain wave to ride it in, you know, like, I mean, maybe, but I feel like anything like that is going to be more organic and it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fight back against, wokeism and against this radical left agenda or communism or the big globalist, you know, globalism or whatever you want to call it. There's, there has to be a, a group of people that are anti-establishment and the left is not anti-establishment anymore. I'm sorry to tell you, my fellow Americans, if you are a left-wing person, you are not anti-establishment anymore. Get it through your heads. So there needs to be a group of people that are going to push back against statist authoritarian Government, monopoly on force, overreach, and stomping on the Constitution and personal freedom. Somebody has to fight back against it, and if we don't, it's going to go away, and we'll only have ourselves to blame when that day comes. So, hey, that's what we need. Man. We need we need a musical group or a musical movement that is going to be truly anti-establishment, and I'm trying to stoke those flames a little bit with my show. I want to bring bands to my show that are talking about this stuff and that maybe don't sound like the bands that you've been listening to and Love don't it. have the same message that you're used to. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm going to check some of those out. You know, I have friends personally, uh, Joel Thomas and Sean Chris from kill the mockingbirds. They, uh, they both do their own music and they collaborate every once in a while. And they're doing like real truth or music because they're coming at it with like a real different perspective because They've done their research on shit, and they're not like, I'm for the next fucking PSYOP that is the PSYOP to PSYOP the next PSYOP type of a thing. So go give them a chance, and go check out their music, and if you want to skip through this commercial, then go ahead and skip through this commercial right now, and go check out fucking either Sean Chris or Van Tesla, aka fucking Joel Thomas, kill the mockingbirds you're gonna love their shit it's fucking awesome hey brother I'm gonna take a piss real quick so I'm playing a commercial right here so if you need to take five minutes I will be back in less than that
0: cool awesome
2: Hey there, pet parents. If you're like me, your furry family members mean the world to you. And that's why I'm excited to introduce to you PurePetWellness.com, your trusted source for all things CBD for pets. What sets PurePetWellness.com apart? Well, for starters, they're an American-owned family business with genuine love for animals. They understand unique bond you share with your pets, and they've dedicated to helping your furry companions live their best lives. And I'm pretty sure that the owner's a flat earther. You can't go wrong with that. That's pretty dope, right? So if you're looking for natural solutions... Uh, uh, Pure Pet Wellness is where your journey stops because they have a premium CBD product specially crafted for your pets. Calming tensioners to soothing bombs, they've got you covered. And conspiracy junkies get 20% off at checkout. Just hit rabbit at checkout and watch the prices. And we'll go ahead and jump back in right here. So welcome back from the commercial. Uh, Sorry that I have to do that to you guys, but we do need to keep the lights on here sometimes. So Um, anyways, I did want to say that, like, yeah, uh, as far as my perspective of Trump, man, I still do hold hope sometimes, and I'm like, I really, really hope that fucking this shit is true, but, like, I just feel it in my gut that it's fucking it's just another fucking game being played on everybody and it's being played on the opposite side that aren't going to buy into the other game that's being played. Um, and you know, if you don't like what I have to say, go listen to Amy says what the fuck when she was on black pill radio podcast. And after you listen to that, if you don't believe me, then go listen to kill the mockingbirds latest episode where they do a Trump deep dive and fucking, You know, I mean, Kill the Mockingbirds are going to come on in November and they're going to do that deep dive presentation here on White Rabbit. So you guys will be able to hear that here. Um, Anyways. All right. Enough of this shit. We're back from the break. Uh, Man, what is your favorite? So this does not have to be music because I I, I did want to keep this surrounded around music for most of the time. But then I but then I was like, all right, music can't be his favorite. Favorite rabbit hole to dive down. So what is your favorite rabbit hole to dive down?
0: Uh You mean like some other interests that I'm, I nerd out on kind of deal? Yeah. What do you nerd out on on fucking on
2: on what we talk about here on my show and what you dive down on, in on your show sometimes? Like, what is your favorite? Like if like for me. It's like, if I hear a female talk about flat earth, I'm, I don't give a fuck if she's 275 pounds. I'm probably going to ask her for her number.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because you're impressed that the ladies are talking about this stuff. Is that, is that what you're saying? No, I'm just
2: saying like, what, what topic, like really get you going? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like,
0: what really gets you going? I'm like, um, I think for me, probably, I really want to know what hidden, occulted knowledge and wisdom uh, they have in these secret societies that gets passed down through the generations, and maybe the reason why these people have magical powers of some sort. I don't know if there's any truth to it. Well, have but you ever thought why about would it be? Why would it be hidden if there wasn't something there? So I don't know. Yeah, I, I get into that kind of shit. Like, what do they know that we don't? And how do we find out without people coming to kill us? Yeah, man, I think that's
2: definitely something that I'm into as well, which is why I started digging into the teachings of Alester Crowley and reading all of his books Mm -hmm. because I'm like, you know, like I wanted to know both sides, both sides of the coin. And back at the time when I was reading through these things, they probably were for very, no, not probably. They were absolutely 100% for selfish fucking reasons because I wanted to learn the mysteries of the world so that I could use it to benefit my own fucking life.
0: Yeah. I mean, whatever your reasoning is the the wanting to learn it and knowing that it's hidden from the general population is going to be interesting to people that have curious minds. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't have any nefarious purposes, but I want to know what they know, what they know. And if there is some truth to what we theorize about when it comes to how they've studied the mind and studied the human brain and And, you you know, I I don't know if you are are a big TikToker, but there are so many videos going around TikTok now about spirituality and the chakras and how that we're, you know, energy, manifestation, like all that spiritual kind of new age stuff. Woo-woo. Yeah, the woo-woo stuff. Some of it is interesting and some of it just sounds like absolute garbage to me. So, like, it's fascinating to kind of sift through all of that stuff and find... The, the the nuts and bolts of what's behind it and I I, I get I, I think I nerd out on that these days more than I man me to, too
2: actually so. and and I love that and I feel like what picture that you just painted for us was you like to look at all these different puzzle pieces and see how they fucking fit together right which I think is Absolutely. is something that all of us really enjoy and that's why we are deep divers that's why we're conspiracy junkies Because like that, that shit gets us off. And it's like the, the more you are able to put the puzzle together and you're like, oh my God, it's actually starting to make a picture now. And then, you know, like, and then you're starting to predict what the picture is. And then you're, you're starting to practice things in your own life based on what you think the picture is. And then the picture changes when you put another puzzle piece on it. And you're like, oh my God, I was totally wrong about what I think this picture is. And that is the epitome of, uh, of different red pills throughout our awakening. And I think it is a beautiful thing. You know what I mean? It is like, as long as you're on that path of awakening, then you are my friend. Absolutely.
0: Um, it reminds me of Aristotle quote. Um, uh, the mark of an intelligent mind is to be able to entertain an idea without accepting it. And I love that. It's like, it's like, don't take a side, like fight the divide and conquer agenda. Think for yourself. Like, you know, it seems so cliche. All of us talk about that and say those same things, but like, we really mean it like that. That's the point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like the point is for you to not take a side. It's to, to understand both sides of an argument so that you can find out where you locate yourself in that argument and the two party system and, and the way that the media does not talk about certain things sets up this environment where the average person is, you know, they're crippled before they even start. And that's, that's what I think I'm trying to uncover for the average listener is maybe you don't believe everything I say. Maybe I uh, embellish a little bit and get a little carried away on something. And, and, and I'm, I'm speaking more emotionally than I am logically in certain moments, but, Oh, you mean you're human? Yeah, exactly. And that's part of my character and my shtick too. If you listen to my show, you know what I'm talking about, but It's it's these days I really try to not jump to a conclusion. I really just want to explore and see how things develop. And then I'll make my decisions after some investigation. I think it's a safer way to go.
2: Yeah. uh, But it's also good to see patterns. And I think that is the biggest thing to take away from uh the truther community is the patterns and what there actually what actually does oh, yeah. manifest from these things right even if we look at certain conspiracy conspiracies which were like oh shit like this is no doubt like um like, let's bring Maui fires into this, right? So, everybody's sure. talking about the Maui fires.
0: Everybody.
2: And how uh, Oprah and all these elites are trying to do, like, a basically a land grab, and that was the whole reason behind these Maui, fow- Maui fires. Now, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this because I absolutely believe that there is a lot of validity to go along with this, but... If you look at it, not as in the truth on one side or the other, but you look at it instead of where is the underlining area and more of how are they going to use this situation that is uh, in the news right now. If it's in the news, it's a situation and how are they going to use this situation to divide more? And if we look at these news stories more like that, I think that we will be able to be able to decipher exactly what their agenda is behind these because it's so quick to say, oh, fucking paint your roof blue or it was direct energy weapons, you know, and I look at some of these and I and I debunked some of these videos And people get mad at me for debunking them, but like not every fucking conspiracy is true. They are purposely put out there to divide us. So Mm -hmm.
0: what was my point, Andrew? Uh, I think your point was (laughs) stay open-minded, get as much uh, information that you can possibly gather before you make a decision on a topic, (laughs) I guess. I don't know. My point was this. Maybe that was my point. That was your point.
2: That was definitely your point. My point is this, which I don't disagree with your point, but my point is slightly different, and it is look at how they can use this situation to divide you from your neighbor, and that is the purpose of what is happening in front of you. And once we start looking at it as that, as how can they use this to divide us rather than what is dividing us, and we focus more on the reason for the divide rather than the divide itself, then I think we can start fucking coming together more and making more change.
0: Yeah. You're taking it to the next level of, of thinking through a lot of the stuff. Uh, but yes, the, people like us talking about it, it has got to spark the curiosity and the interest of, uh, maybe a normie that one day stumbles upon one of our podcasts and goes, what in the shit is this I'm listening to? It, it, maybe just a couple nuggets of knowledge will get their, their gears turning. And then, you know, maybe they'll start looking into some stuff too. I think that's the most any of us can hope for is that if we can show one person, the door, maybe they'll walk through it.
2: You know, at one point we were all asleep and that's something that I think a lot of us forget And even though we think that a lot of us in this community think that we've been alive or uh, awake our entire life. But the truth of the matter is, is every week that goes by, we realize just how awake we aren't. But in that in that process and realizing that we also go deeper into our awakening. And that's something that I want people to realize is just because you think you are awake you have so much more to learn yeah. just as I do, just as I do. Like I will be the first to admit that I don't know shit. And if I'm the smartest person in the room, I want to be the first motherfucker out of that room because I'm in the wrong room.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like operation Ivy, man. All I know is that I don't know. All I know is that I don't know nothing. You know what I mean? That's that's, that's, fucking band,
2: dude. What a great band.
0: I actually posted a meme kind of similar to that theme that you just just described there. And that was the music I put behind it is I think the me the meme was something to the effect of, uh, an intelligent person knows that they have so much more to learn or something to that effect. But yeah, you're right. It's like the more I get into it and the more some new world opens up to me based on a little bit of research, it, it it's like, wow, I have all this new knowledge, but also the flip side of that is, holy shit, what don't I know yet? Right, what do right. I still have to discover?
2: Well, I think that and is actually a, a famous, <laughs> I think that is a famous quote from some sort of a guru. Like, uh, uh, I don't know who it was. Uh, to be honest with you, like, I, I'll, I'll butcher it if I say who it was. It was like uh, Socrates or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, but... <clears throat> Yeah, man, we got like eight more minutes before I got to call it. Um, So what is one thing that you want to leave my listeners with as far as something that you wake up to every morning that gives you hope to keep doing what you do? Because with so much hardships and so much bad shit that's happening to us in the world on a day-to-day basis. I think that it is important that we wake up and have something to look forward to. And I think it's cool to know what those things are in the people that, you know, we like people like you. So what is that thing? When you wake up, like, why are you like, fuck this? Why are you not like, fuck this day? And where are you like, I'm going to fuck this day.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that happiness is a choice. And if you don't choose to be happy, then I mean, nothing, no external circumstance or stimuli is going to make you happy. Like you have to just choose to walk a certain path. And I think that, I think that I am um, rebelliously positive in the face of so much fear, porn, and negativity in the world, so much horror and just terror, and you know, there's so much evil, and like, and, and that's, that's the fear paradigm that, that they want us to be afraid and feel weak and pathetic and useless, and there's we don't have any power, there's nothing we can do to stop anything. And I think that being happy in the face of all of the horror and terrible things and fear based paradigm that we live in. Uh, I think it's punk rock, dude. I think being happy and enjoying your life to the best of your ability is the most punk rock thing you can do in the 21st century. So
2: I fucking love it, man. Andrew, Andrew for America, host of the politics and punk rock podcast, brother. Um, your links are going to be plugged right there. So people listening can scroll down and listen to them. Um, So if you want to plug any other social medias that I might not have in there, as far as Instagram or Twitter, AKA X, whatever the fuck they're calling it nowadays. If you want to plug man, now is the time.
0: Yeah. So uh, on most uh, social media platforms, Andrew for America, just search, the name uh, on Facebook. I'm still on there. I got a good following on there, so I don't want to shut that down yet. Fake book is uh, Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Uh, if you go to politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com, my website, you can read the show notes and uh, listen to the show there. Um, I have a blog section with a bunch of the written works and lyrics and stuff that I've read on the show. Uh, I have a link to my SoundCloud page that has all the music that uh, I've done personally in my music career. And then there's a link to my Spotify playlist for all the bands that I've played on the show, as well as some of my stuff, friends, stuff, bands that I like. Uh, It's a great uh, punk rock playlist that I've curated and uh, I would love it if people liked and followed that. Uh, And then my show, the politics and punk rock podcast found anywhere you get your podcasts. So check me out.
2: Wait, anywhere anywhere, you're not kicked off of YouTube yet? You're not kicked off of... Oh,
0: I just recently got kicked off of YouTube. Uh, Not kicked off, but I just posted um, a video show. I just released uh, episode 157, Coincidence or Conspiracy, and actually made the joke on the show that I'm going to post it on Rumble and YouTube and see if it gets shut down because I go deep on um, uh, nanotechnology, warfare, lipid particles in the vaccine, yada, yada, and... I didn't even have it up on YouTube on my channel for a day and I got the dreaded, we have removed your video because of medical misinformation, blah, blah, blah. Oh, what so the hell? I,
2: of course. Of course. Yep, so, so we're going to start I seeing it, that again. I called it. We're going to start seeing that again, guys, so get used to it. It's coming. Yep. And and with it coming, you guys want to be prepared. When you walk in the grocery store, you want to be a walking meme, right? So I just put out a shirt that says, Not then, not now, not ever, with a mask on front and center, crossed out. So if you guys don't want to play a part in this and you want to make it known that you're not playing a part in this, then go check out whiterabbitpodcast.com. Check out the shirts there and become a walking meme and people are going, you're going to be surprised because people are pussies and the people that don't think the way that you do, they're not going to have the balls to come up to you and say a goddamn thing. But the people that think the way that you do, they're going to be like, goddamn right, bro. I'm glad you're wearing that shit. We need to wake up more people. So become a walking meme, go to whiterabbitpodcast.com. Check out whatever conspiracy you're into. I
0: got a shirt for it. Trust me. So I got a shirt on too. Can I share, can I plug mine real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Brother check this out. I don't know if you can see this. Can you read that? It says it's a brave
2: new Orwellian surveillance, police state, totalitarian dictatorship, world order. I love it, brother. Fuck yes. And the front of it and says, and the front of it says the politics and punk rock podcast. It's fucking dope. I like it.
0: Politics and punk Click on store, buy some merch.
2: Fuck Support. Yeah. And go Important check out voices. our friends at purepetwellness.com for all your pet CBD needs. With that being said, guys, this has been a great episode. Andrew, I'm going to have to have you come back on, man, and we're going to have to dive down some other rabbit holes, man. You have been a great fucking guest and
0: love you, brother. Dude, that, thanks for having me. I've been I've been looking forward to coming on the show. I love the tavern. love everything you're doing, brother. Keep up the good work, and I'll be back whenever you want me, man. Love that.
2: All the credit to the tavern has to go to Ghost from My Third Eye Podcast. With that being said, guys, we're going to dig out of here. So keep digging down these rabbit holes.
1: I would never bend my knee to Satan I would never sell myself with no paper You can go ahead and call me a hater But I'll go ahead and call you a traitor Hey, Hollywood is getting canceled I put God over financials Just know that i never kill myself If they try to use me as a damn example Hey, first Lil Nas, now Sam Smith Satan coming for the damn kids These rappers and singers are puppets The second the label give them their advances God is forgiven We were all made in his image That's why he told me to remix this Every nation demoralization while we celebrating when people are sinning Don't care if you trans Nah, oh you a man who in love with a man, but if you're gonna cover your nipples with tassels and leave the kids alone and just do only OnlyFans. I just can't stand all the lies of the media pushing these kids, they ain't standing a chance. Hollywood pushes the with all of these artists, I swear that they industry's plans. All of these fallacies, that they preaching this way that there's no more objective reality, go ahead laugh at me. But I think that you worship it Satan is more of a tragedy. They sold out our nation for more dough, that's why I don't watch award shows. Celebrity puppets were living in luxury, all of our business are forced closed. All of Jehovah. Hashem, yeah, Yahweh, well you can call him whatever you do, but worshiping Satan with the purpose of angering God well, that's just gonna make you a fool.
2: I don't give two fucks, but I am telling you right now
1: that motherfucker, that motherfucker back there is not real.